Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a podcast aiming to encourage natural and honest discussions surrounding mental health and well-being. Grab a drink, make yourself comfortable and get ready to join the conversation. This is an informal podcast. Think friends chatting over coffee rather than professional therapy. We will be discussing mental health issues including depression, anxiety and medication. No persons featured in this episode are mental health professionals and anyone struggling should seek medical advice. Please see the resources listed in our description. For this week's episode, me, Emily, is joined with three of my closest friends from university. I asked them to grab a drink and get ready for a real honest chat. So, we hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Conversation Pod. I'm gonna leave that in I think this is now our start <laughs> look um I never thought me and my monotone voice would be on a podcast right ladies um can you please introduce yourselves I think Abby should go first just so, to um you know get the nerves out of the way yes, okay yeah a bit nervous. okay so hi <laughs> I'm Abby um and I'm drinking a glass of Pinot Grigio and I'm still studying at Nottingham in my final year yeah. Um, Elle. Oh, we'll Take Okay. I'm Elle. Um, I studied at Nottingham as well. I studied English with M and Megs. Just to set the scene, I'm currently searching for a job and I'm unemployed, so that's me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the unemployed. It's like clap for the NHS, but clap for the unemployed. I'll take that, M. And last but no means least, Meg Bowie. Hello, I'm Meg. I'm drinking Jai Luki, which for people who aren't from the Northeast is squash. And I am doing my PGCE for primary. So I'm going to be a primary school teacher after doing my course with M and L. Most of our conversations are going to be like this chat because... yeah. I mean, we've we've seen some some lows and some highs, but I mean, yeah, we've been there through through the hardships, many of which obviously happened when we were at uni. So I suppose my first thing I want to kind of start at the beginning because I think that makes sense. So we're gonna I'm gonna take you back to first year. I know, prepare yourself. Might start crying. Yeah, yeah. Stay, 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 stay. So I suppose like my first thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about like uni mental health and stuff was what were your main worries like before you went to uni? So like night before you were like, you're all packed and you've like boxes and suitcases, everything. And then it like hit you that like, fuck, I actually have to leave now. Yeah, what were you most worried about? Me, I was genuinely worried. My number one thing was just about making friends and actually finding my people because I feel like there's such a focus on going to uni and meeting your best mates and having the best time and and you know making all these memories but I was genuinely worried that I'd go to uni and I just wouldn't find my group of people well I hope you find them one day yes I'm still looking and I've finished uni I was the same I think finding friends was the thing that I was most concerned about and I'd seen so many stories about people who 
go to mm-hmm. uni and find friends for life and I was just genuinely concerned that I was going to get there and not quite find my people as Elle said and yeah I definitely think the friendship side of things was what I was most worried about. I mean you had that as well because a bit of backstory me Ellie and Meg met in like freshers week in our halls um abs we you're in a different accommodation and you had a pretty shitty experience in terms of you know those initial couple of weeks of thinking that you're going to meet the people that you're going to spend like the next four years of your life with and then being like oh no like I might have to look a bit harder because these aren't people that I'm naturally clicking with yeah so obviously you girls went in self-catered accommodation um, which in hindsight now hindsight's a powerful thing probably would have been the better option for me but obviously everything happens for a reason but I ended up going catered and I think part of that was because I'd literally just turned 18 in the August baby yeah I just turned 18 in the August before I came to uni and I think I'd literally didn't even know how to make myself a bowl of porridge before I came to uni so I think for the comfort of myself and my fam it was like catered would just be a smoother transition yeah yeah we all took flipping gap years and we still weren't ready for you know fucking clear what was going on (laughs) exactly so I just kind of felt like um catered would have been a bit of a smoother transition you know like food was one less thing to worry about yeah but like em briefly touched on um it it wasn't first year for me wasn't all it cracked up to be but in a way like I said I'm very glad things happened the way they did because I wouldn't have fell into the position that I was in if if it hadn't worked out that way but yeah that that was a very hard year for me actually yeah what about you Meg I think similar to what Abs is saying as well I think you know, I was so excited for uni, very much ready to like go to this new city, make loads of friends, like so excited. And then I think I got to uni and it was freshers week and I was really down. And it's that panic of like, shit, I'm not going out and having this amazing time. Like there were some days, don't get me wrong, brilliant, loved it. Dressed in a toga, bopping about. <laughs> yes. I was enjoying them things that they set you up for. And there's the times where you're not having the time of your life and you sat there thinking shit like everyone says freshers week's the best week of your life and I'm sat in my room like really sad and I think it's that thing about expectations isn't it especially no one talks about second and third year it's always freshers week first year yeah I think it's that expectation that right in that first week it's gonna be the best week of your life and you're gonna make all your best friends and blah 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 so when you meet people who this is what me and my friend Sophie from home is all the time. You can meet people who are lovely, the nicest people in the world, but not your not your type of person where you yeah. can't, you don't really click with them. So it might be like, I remember my first year holes, you met them, lovely people, like a great foundation to start uni. It was the flat to be at. Yeah. Everyone came to our flat. It was a nice space to be at, but it was that situation of, I'd be in my room feeling a bit down, but then, right, I've got to put a brave face on, get that smile Mm -hmm. to go in the kitchen to speak to people. And I think it's only when you meet real friends like yourself that I met where you, like, relax a bit and yourself, and then you're like, oh, this is the part of you that people don't talk about. Like, I don't have to be out to be having a good time. I can just be sat having a cup of tea with these people. And actually, that's better than all the stuff that people bang on about. Yeah, I mean, we bonded because I remember it was Bake Off and it was like, 
I they you guys would come around to my flat and we would watch Bake Off and it was like if that was a thing on Tuesday evenings and it would just be like but I don't think I've ever like we'd known each other like a week and then you'd just be like sat in my bed like in your pajamas just Ellie would always bring her own mug of tea down even though I would be like I can make you a tea and you'd be like I'm gonna bring my mug down and your fucking massive water bottle I would just sit on my bed for like hours pretty much and I like a completely side track to making friends another worry I had before I started uni and I don't know how common this is it might just be a weird me problem but because I've had a year out as well and I didn't think that I'd be getting into such a good uni like I had such a confidence issue with um worrying that I was smart enough to be at this uni- this top university at Russell Group University I had this insecurity where I thought oh my god I haven't actually been studying for a year and I was worried that I was going to be the dumb one like in the lecture halls in the class not really like understanding what was going on so I don't know how many other people have that worry of oh god I'm not going to be smart enough at uni because that was a big one for me I think that's completely like- justified a bit mm. of like imposter syndrome almost yeah. like sitting there thinking should I be here 100% laugh it in here these I remember he did that first lecture um and he was like like well done like you deserve to be here I was like yeah but like do I like you don't know me like should yeah. I be here like I don't know I think yeah I think that's completely justified but I mean abs do you regret not taking a year like before you, know you went what? to uni no, I, don't. I don't because part of me thinks that the type of personality I've got I feel like if I fell into something that I really enjoyed in that year yeah. I know that there would be that risk of me thinking you know what's that uni I'm quite happy like working yeah. with files I've just made in Tesco or whatever mm-hmm. so I think for me I needed to just jump into the next chapter but as well as that for me like I, I do I do quite enjoy the fact that I am so young for where I am like I'm yeah. I will have, I will have a master's degree by the age of 21 and I think that's kind of like excuse me (laughs) part of me is just quite like that I've just gone into it like full pell and will get there at the age that I am so yeah that pride when you're a pharmacist someone's like blimey you're young and you'll be like yeah I'm 22 actually I'm just 22 I'm not old enough to be doing this I know but like no I, I can see the pros and the cons of of doing a gap year um but for me to be honest I just I was after my a-levels and things I was ready for the next chapter anyway so yeah. it I just didn't really a gap year just wasn't on the cards for me really yeah I think that's completely fair I was like I applied in the year that I should have been going and then deferred it because I like didn't I, I, I knew I wanted to travel a bit but I wasn't 100% set on doing gap year and then obviously mental health just went to shit and then I was like well I probably should do a year but I was the same that I was like I don't want to like have a year out and then go oh I'll go next year and then like have another year working and then go oh yeah so I applied and then deferred it so I knew I had my place in Nottingham and like I knew that I didn't have to go through any like so I had all the support from my college when I was doing UCAS and my personal statement and all of that so then when summer came around, uni just kind of jumped up on me because I hadn't done anything. And it'd always been like this back burner that like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to uni, I'm going to go to uni. And then it came to like September and I was like, oh my God, like I actually, have, I actually have to go. Um, 
and that first week oh my god I remember when my dad like my parents dropped me off yeah that is I think one of the most scared I've ever been when they drove away and I was just in this room I made mum and Nat my sister I was like please don't leave (laughs) I was like can we just drive back to Beast and Tesco again because I think I forgot something uh it is nerve-wracking once your parents have left and you're just left in your room and you're like oh god okay actually go out and speak to people now I know I feel like going back to the whole expectation thing everyone had put this massive pressure on that first night and where in the halls that I was in um we had a bar in our halls and everyone was basically waving their parents off and then going straight into this bar and everyone was socialising in there and I remember there was this big thing of like oh gosh who are you going to get chatting to in this bar yeah. and I I ended up having the worst and I don't get migraines and that night I ended up mm. basically getting the worst migraine I've ever had I remember going to bed at nine o'clock and saying to these girls that I just made friends with I'm so sorry to be a party people but I'm literally gonna have to get to bed like my, mm-hmm. my brain feels like it's melting oh. inside out and I feel like there's that expectation isn't there like have this amazing first night at uni and I ended up being in bed for nine o'clock with, the, with yeah. migraine I think obviously that was probably now I'm looking back probably like stress oh, yeah but yeah nothing I think my advice for uni is like nothing ever turns out how you expect it to be so just don't put that pressure on it being a certain way because and that yeah. first night isn't everything. Like you're not oh, gonna God, find though. you don't have to find your best pal on that first night of freshers. Like you might not meet them until you start your course. Like, you know, there's time to find your people. I mean, I got your name wrong for the first yeah. like four days. So I Even thought I was me. I thought I was meeting Ellie and then Ellie arrived at the door and I was and like, little oh, mess came no, and then I was like, oh, is Ellie joining us? And she was like, I am Ellie. I am. And I was like, oh yeah, of course you are. I meant the other Ellie. And I was like, oh fuck, like I've ruined this already. This oh, girl is not going to, she's not going to want to be my friend. But yeah, I do remember the pressure of like, my parents left and then I just like had th- I had this real like movie moment where I was like looking at myself in that tiny little bathroom mirror <laughs> and, like my eyes were welling up and I just generally had to be like <sighs> okay like put yourself together you're fine put on this smile left from like my room and went to see the rest of my flat and was like just fake it like like you will be fine uh-huh. and then everyone yeah but everyone like everyone's in the same position and I wish I'd have known that at the time but like looking back on it everyone felt exactly the same yeah that you feel completely incapable and like everyone else knows what they're doing and everyone else has already made like best friends I remember Meg's flat came down and I was like oh my god they all (laughs) seem so close already like I'm clearly not doing a good enough job at like putting myself out there but yeah and I hadn't met anyone in my flat at that point yeah elusive characters in your flat the flat I think you brought yeah but that's the thing, you never know. You know, you've got like tens of thousands of people. They're like, you know, some people, like my brother, he had his flatmates and then they ended up living together for th- four years and they became like best friends. Like the likely, like if that happens, that's great. But the likelihood of having six people that are your closest people out of tens of well, thousands, yeah. like that's so unlikely, but you don't really hear about those things because people only talk about the good things. So then, yeah, a lot know, of people 
say like the people that you meet in freshers you you don't even speak to after uni and it's so it's so true like yeah. I feel like you go out with this big gang of people in freshers and it is so fun like you end up getting cages into town and nights out and that is really fun but at the end of the day like the the, the people that you actually meet and call true friends by the end of the uni experience aren't the people that you got on a coach with in freshers yeah yeah so I always I always remember thinking do you know when there's that thing of like oh I've got a few friends but I don't have this massive group to go out with like what have I done wrong why do I only know four people at uni and then I see people on Instagram who go out and have house parties with 30 people like if I'd thrown a house party at uni there would have been a strong five people there (laughs) (laughs) a great five people though that's the thing at first it seemed like a negative whereas now I'd much rather have you three as like best of friends course, yeah. than have these random acquaintances that yeah. you could go on and out with, but That's... couldn't sit and cry to and watch Big Off with. So true. Yeah, we if watch you true. don't make loads of friends, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, Just make some good friends. Yes. Yeah, and like I remember, so like good friend wise, I remember thinking, like how am I going to become really really close to these people in a short amount of time and because you would see people who'd known each other for like three days and then suddenly seemed like best friends but that is genuinely what happens and I think it's because you are all in this situation and I remember it was like the third day or something and I went up to Ellie's room and I was sat on her bed and you were stressing about a job interview or something and like I felt always yes yes (laughs) and I felt like a broken record what are you looking for stressing looking for a job job. looking for a job in first year and I'm still looking (laughs) yeah I remember like feeling like weirdly comfortable in the company of someone that I genuinely like didn't know really let's cut let's just cut the crap you said that you love me on day I did I think I did I remember like I just really felt like I knew this person and I was like this is bizarre like can you remember at the end of freshers week and we always talk about that conversation we had on the bus and it was me (laughs) and the girl at my flat and I was like oh just imagine if we ended up living together Together. yeah I remember that throwaway comment on a bus I just remember that you I felt very comfortable being in silence with you and I think that's what like do you remember because we went to town that day and um it was well I think we'd been out the night before and we were absolutely knackered and so there were just moments of silence but it was like comfortable silence where I was like I don't feel like I have to make small talk with these people so they like me and I was like that's so weird because I've literally known you for like a week if that I, I love a comfortable silence, I really do. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, if I could say to someone one thing, it would be don't stress out about making friends because you do automatically click with people who are like-minded, like, mm-hmm. through yeah. all the family, you do, as you say, find people who you can sit in a comfortable silence with or, you know, you feel comfortable to open up with after three days. It just it just happens, doesn't it? You don't have... You do find people who are on the same wavelength. And yeah. it doesn't have to be them people that you met on day one at Freshers Week. Like, you, you genuinely do over the course of, like, the whole yeah. year or whatever, mm-hmm. meet the people. Like, for example, I didn't actually know you guys were living beings until, like, December of that year. 
yeah 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 like the best the best of friends and yeah I feel oh. like just <laughs> Just right. say, well, <laughs> if you want her to say something nice, you better respect that. Sorry, I'm just in pure shock that something that nice has come out of her mouth about <laughs> us. Can't really believe it. No, it's just it's just like that pressure of having to find friends. It's yeah. it is hard. Yeah. But I feel like there's so many, there's thousands of people at that university, and the hundred people that got randomly selected to live in your block of flats doesn't mean that they're the only That's people it. that you're opened up to. Like, true we are very lucky because it's really sad when you hear people say they didn't have that experience at university and you know they didn't make these great friends and I think it's it's really sad because I think one of the main things I've taken away from uni the course is partial like it's a very small factor more of what I've taken away is the things I've done outside of uni the friends I've made the things I've learned that weren't on my course so I, I do find it really sad when when people don't have that experience because I can only talk so highly and yeah nothing's been it hasn't been like fantastic from day one like there's been there's been a lot we've had a few moments <laughs> we have there's been a lot of lows but I just think you know at the end of the day it's, if you go through them lows of people like you then it'll be fine Uni is a rounded experience as well, like Meg says. Like the degree, obviously you're there to get your degree, but honestly, if I, I think we can all say the same. If I look back at who I was just 18, starting uni, and now I'm 21, four years, nearly four years later, regardless of the degree, like the, the way you develop as a person, and it is honestly insane. Like I Huge. feel like uni is just the whole experience of, of what I feel about. a completely different person of like yeah. me September of 2017 to now I mean you know from like just life situations changing to I genuinely feel like a different person entirely like the just things like boundaries and expectations and pressures it does teach you how to deal with them and also well, just how to deal with people you, you know you're thrown into a situation yeah and I just think honestly if I could if I could give advice to anyone who was debating about going to uni or not like there are obviously cons to the whole thing like not at all but for, in the most part I would just say I I honestly would just go for it because it the way that you become afterwards is, is so worth it I've never met someone question their own capabilities more than Ellie Wright See, Emma, you're so intelligent, but and I'm not saying this is a sub story, but it goes back to that thing where I don't Here we think go. I'm clever. I just don't. So yeah. I feel like my whole three years at uni was trying to prove that, oh, I, I can get a two-one, and then it was I got a first, and it's like, oh, I can get a first, and then I get obsessed with these ideas of like I've got to prove that I'm clever enough to be at uni, and it was just this. Who did you feel you had to prove that to, though? Was it like, was it from like family and friends or was it just you being like, I need to feel good enough? I don't know. Like mine was definitely from myself. Yeah, I think it was to yourself out because everyone around you fully knew what you were capable of. Yeah, I think largely probably just myself. But um, my biggest breakdown, shall we say, in terms of work was probably when I... 
and I would get wound up about every deadline and it just yeah. wasn't healthy like I just would get wound up but um probably when I submitted my in final year I submitted that essay late and it was a minute late oh yeah but, oh, I can't remember this. Oh, it was a minute late and I honestly it felt like the world was crumbling around me yeah. <laughs> didn't you get five percent taken off that for that like yeah yeah, no. yeah I remember that and I, got, I got a first in that essay but it got pushed down to a 65 or something yeah. because I was a minute late and the reason I was a minute late it's because I was obsessively going over grammar mistakes reading it 10 times before I submitted it and it just wasn't I just didn't have a healthy approach to the way I work and I just what would you do now change that I'd probably do the same mistakes all over again <laughs> that is that is the kind of advice I wanted you to give I just oh, made the no. same mistakes <laughs> I'd oh, so many things that I'd tell myself not to do if I could um like the grade you get doesn't isn't a summary of your worth or what you've done at uni or how smart you are in life yeah. and doesn't define you as a person it's just a number on a bit of paper and you can put you know I just feel like there's I'm not just going to be the only one that puts that much pressure on myself there's going to be so many people like that but um I just really try and say you know that grade you get isn't everything and I did so many other things at uni that I am so proud of doing outside of my degree and outside of academic work that and that's what I look back on now and think you know well done for pushing yourself and you know running yeah. that magazine and writing that article that you were scared about writing I just think when you reflect back at uni like it's not that grade that you didn't quite get that makes you proud or not proud so it's so a rabbit hole. It's just completely rounded. Yeah. Like, I so don't that, think you can't help your nature either. I think sometimes, no. yeah, you know, you could have written the best essay in the world, but because you second guess yourself, you were reading over it, thinking it was shit. When really, it could have yeah. been a ninety-five, and you still would have found something wrong with it, just because that's yeah. the way. That's the way you are. And, and like, I remember like you meet so many different people at uni and everyone approaches essays differently and mm -hmm. like Meg's is such a good way of just staying calm in situations I remember in first year Meg's you didn't really give a fuck I don't no. know why I guess I can <laughs> yeah. guess it, but oh, like no. Meg's didn't give a fuck I don't even know if you did any of the reading Meg's um, <laughs> like um, I actually only bought one book off the reader list. You know what I mean? She's really, really, we're literally crying, stressing, and you'd be really like, that's fine. And it's like, fine. I could be more Meg Bowie than I would, oh. but you know, everyone's. But I, I didn't have it all together though, because if you rightly remember, I was doing Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, so, my, th my issue is that English went out. Um, as you know, after limiters, can be very different personalities. So on one hand, as you say, I'm very chill, don't give a shit. And I, th I do think I maintain that. Like when we were doing essays, even in third year, I was like, I'll try my best. I'll give it 110%, but the world isn't going to crash if yeah. this doesn't go very well. And I'm really good at thinking that at the time, which helps us get through the essay and 
you know, keep calm. I, I like to think that I do keep calm when I'm writing essays and things. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. When the results come out, though, that's a different story because I had that thing when I got a 55 yeah. and lived in a house where you girls were getting first and I'd got two twos where a moment that I hadn't had before, like I didn't have that self-doubt of I'm not good enough. I was like, oh, I got in. Well done. Mm-hmm. Got the two two and thought shit these people are getting first and I'm getting a 2-2 I must be stupid um I'm not going to get a job how am I here so I think I'm very much got that chilled personality and like something like a result completely throws you and it can break you it can yeah. you know yeah because that's not like me at all as you say like I hadn't bought a book I mean that was in first year when I was more chilled like I definitely took it more seriously in second and third year don't get us wrong and I really really cared you know like in second and third year I did put me heart and soul into those essays but was very chilled you know the world's not going to end and as, as I say like you get them results and it totally totally breaks you because you do start thinking oh I'm I'm stupid I shouldn't be here yeah and the worst thing that you can do as well which it's just inherent in people's nature that they do is compared to what other people got and want to know what other people got and it's so harmful and I remember I was you know I in my flat I had someone doing our course who was incredibly diligent and you know deservingly getting some incredible marks um and I would hear about it be like fuck like I'm not like if we're going to come out the same degree how am I going to compare like, how am I going to compare to her? She's literally got first on everything she'd submitted. She spends hours working and doing all these things. And you kind of forget, like, you know, I'm doing okay too. Like, we're doing different things. That doesn't mean that mine are any less worthy. It's just, you know, she's choosing to put all of her time into this degree, which is great. But you can't expect to perhaps get the same sort of outcome if you're also going to throw yourself into other stuff, which is just as worthy. It's and about- might actually... Yeah, it might be more beneficial when you come out of uni to go, you know, yeah, I did some academic stuff and that was cool. But I also did a lot of stuff, which I think has hopefully made me a better person and has given me skills and capabilities that I wouldn't have had if I was just doing like the academic stuff. Like yeah. other assets alongside. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, like a first class degree is amazing, but a CV with multiple other assets that show different parts of you as a person and personality and things. I think that is is so much more attractive to future opportunities than just someone who put 100% yeah. of their time into studying for a degree and nothing else. You know, I really respect them people, but at the same time, it is about having a healthy balance because we've seen like how dangerous it can get when people are so overwhelmed by the workload it takes over their life and I think you know it's, it's just not it's not worth it it's not worth ruining your mental health for it's not worth like the breakdown that it gives you no, and not. oh we had a few of those I should say like we use the term breakdown as obviously a loose oh, term for yeah. um just when when life gets heavy and everything sort of builds I feel like we're the type of people who you know we're quite optimistic in nature generally got quite a positive disposition but sometimes the little things kind of build and you're like yeah it'll be fine and then you just let them keep going and then there'll just be one thing that knocks everything off and then it's just carnage and I I mean we had a few of those 
but I remember that in first year, I don't know if, I mean, you will remember this. It was one of my best uni moments with um, when our, one of our exams. Was that when I was like, so it went out, is she crying? Yeah. Is she crying? Ellie just, <laughs> Ellie just gave the hand signal of like, she's crying, don't say anything. As we were walking into this exam hall about to sit a two and a half hour exam, which I knew I hadn't prepared enough for. And that I was just, I woke up that morning and I just knew that it was like a bad day. But I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And then I remember my flatmate like knocking the door, being like, you ready to go to the exam? And I just lost it. Just complete, complete breakdown. And I remember I was great because she was just like, one step at a time. First, we're going to get you dressed. Then we're going to leave yeah. the flat. Then we're going to walk to campus. Then we're gonna yeah. queue, like just, just walk the little bit. Going, like going, violence supposed to leave. Going, um, I'm having a panic attack, an anxiety attack, and I was like, okay, um, no problem. My way down to you. Knock, knock. Hey, Em, should we go to this exam now, Em? <laughs> yeah. Come on, all right, you're all right. Let's just go. And we made our way there. Went straight to the toilets. I must have been dragging about five different sheets of toilet roll from Trent Building, just trying to mop up all the tears from your face. And I was like, yeah, and we've just got to go in now. So off of that's what I needed then, because you, you were like, exam. I did do the exam. And to be fair, it wasn't the worst grade I ever got at uni. So I don't know what that says. I just remember sitting in the back of that exam hall and this invigilator just came up to me and was like, it's okay, everyone gets nervous. And I was like, mate, you yeah. have no idea. No. <laughs> I, I wish I was nervous for this exam, but I couldn't care less about it at this current moment in time. I'm just trying not to throw up or pass I mean, out. Too, yeah. I, I did not think you were going to sit that exam, but you Neither did. Neither did I. <laughs> it's like, I, I did it as well at my A-levels. Like, I don't, I don't mind exams. I don't get particularly nervous about them, but I don't like the environment. Like, I don't do very well with, like, build up to things or like it's pressure, pressure isn't it? yeah like the pressure of being like in this certain space for this certain amount of time and like the whole yeah the whole build up and pressure of it I don't do great with so I should have kind of known and then for second and third year I knew that so I did no exams in second and third year I picked all modules which of course are based because I just know that the, the stress and the anxiety I get for them is just not worth it like yeah. I remember I did one at A levels and it was it was the same thing, but I didn't have someone there to do like what Elle did. And I remember I was just in this toilets before this exam, like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And like trying to do all these breathing things which just weren't working. I was losing a plot. And then I just like was outside this exam room and I just like burst out crying to this invigilator who clearly was like, What the fuck is going what on? Is like going on? what do I do? <laughs> And they just sat me in the back of the room, gave me a squash and a digestive because I think they thought I was going to pass. I was like, I'm not going to pass out. Like, I've got low blood sugar. I'm just a bit of a mess. Um, and they were like, yeah, they were like, you'll be like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And like, they kept coming along like, you can do this petal. It's all right. You can do it. That's all right. Not, not the finest moment, but it's moments like that, that you're like, oh, you know, I've known you for under a year, but you get it. You know what I need. Um, yeah, just kept chatting shit really and hope for the best yeah but I mean it was it was it was a beautiful moment retrospectively I mean yeah a real bonding experience for us um 
I mean, yeah, we've had a few of those. Me and um, Meg Bowie in first year had a beautiful one of those on, what was it, day five of uni? Is that when I was crying in my Grinch pyjamas? Yeah, that's the one. When uh, <laughs> we, arrived in, <laughs> we arrived up for a night out and um, I was like, it's, yeah, Meg, Meg, yeah, she's not here, where is she? And someone was like, oh, I think she's in her room. And I was like, oh, that's strange. Everyone's having pre-drinks, she's not here. So, like tentatively knocked it's on the door. friends. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know. It just seems a bit, seems a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, she's, she's not coming out. She <laughs> sat on her bed crying with these pajamas. But I just remember you being like, you were like, I'm not, I'm not okay. And I was like, that's all right. Like, that's like, that's fine. You know, you don't have to be okay. And you were like, oh, like, yeah, right. like, I so needed that because I think we were talking about this TV, weren't we? Like, I don't. Think I'd ever spoken about like mental health before or feeling not myself like not putting any terminology on it I just wasn't myself and then I'm sat crying for no reason thinking what is wrong with me this is fresh as as we were saying like this is supposed to be the best time they're ready for go out for drinks and I'm sat here looking at a wall sobbing for no reason and then M comes in and like oh yeah that's normal like and then discloses that she's been on like medication for her mental health and she gets reasons why she'll be very low for no reason and she explained to me well that is mental health and there's no reason that you know something's maybe not right and it was the first time where I was like oh okay and like it just made us feel so much better to have such an open conversation with someone yeah yeah rather than hiding in my room I'll give that to you um I've never because I, before uni, have never really had any conversations about mental health, anything. And if there's someone that talks about mental health and tries her hardest to make it as normal as possible, you, yeah. The thing is, though, it's very much, uh, I love, I like, for someone who bangs and bottom about it so much, I'm still really shit at actually looking after myself for it. Yeah, and, like, if I you know even the past couple of months like it's been pretty terrible but I'm always like no 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 like I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and then I'm like no you've literally going against everything you're telling everyone like yeah, it's like, fine it's cool we'll ask you like how are you and you're like oh mental health's a bit shitty but I'm fine like I feel like the fact that you just used the umbrella term mental health not great is like you not wanting to delve into what's actually yeah that's wrong. exactly not explaining what it is with your mental yeah. health that's Quite I right. say to um, I say to my friend Luke, um, he's like, oh, how are you doing? Like, he gets mental health stuff, and he was like, oh, how are you doing today? And I'm like, oh, I'm like a six out of ten, and he's like, oh, okay, and that's my like umbrella term for like the world's not ending, but I don't feel like I should feel. Oh, but, like, that sounds pretty fucking high. I mean, yeah, well, no, I think it's because and you win. I think like because norm like if my normal if normal is a 10 so 10 isn't like oh, amazing okay. 10's like I feel like okay then I'd be like I'm at six so like, like a functioning human being is a 10 yeah like I could go out to the shop yeah yeah genuinely like I could go to the shop and like no one would bat an eye they'd think I was completely fine but if I sat down with a therapist they'd probably be like mmm <laughs> yeah you got some issues but I do talk about it because like when I was I remember when I went to uni and um it was you Meg when you were like 
oh, like, no, yeah, I, you know, I tried some stuff abroad or I did some job things. My mental health was just terrible. And I was like, oh, my God. So you were like the same age as me. You were like 17 and should have been in like prime of life and stuff. And actually things weren't okay. And then I spoke to someone else and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm on medication. And then like I found in like the first two weeks of uni, I found five people who were on the same medication that I was on when I started uni. So I kind of started it in this and it was this secret thing. And I was like, oh, my God, no one can know because they're going to think I'm mad. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, Everyone's yeah, like so <laughs> many people are taking this. Like, I mean, it's terrible because it shows, you know, we've got a lot of fucking issues, like as a society, if, you know, that many young people are having to take it. And I think yeah. a lot needs to be done. But just knowing that took away so much of the pressure I was putting on myself to, to be OK all the time and to make it this you know it turned this very secret thing that I was ashamed of to actually just like a normal thing and oh, I was so like cool. oh and if someone could have done that when I was like I talk about it so much if I'd have heard people talking about it when I was 16 17 the difference it would have made would have been incredible because I'd have been like oh my god okay I don't need to completely hide this and keep it a me problem like this is a problem for so many people and Massively. It, it doesn't have to control everything like it can just be a part of your life that's why I'm so grateful because I'm the same now like I will talk about mental health and about how someone's feeling all day every day like I'm so open about it I try and get my family and friends to talk about it but before uni I just it just wasn't like I was aware that other people dealt with things but you kind of put yourself in that boat of like oh well I'm not as bad as them so that means I don't have anything wrong with my mind oh my god yeah like the horrible stereotype that people are portrayed as on the telly that means that I can't complain about anything because I'm not that bad yeah and then you go to uni and you're like it's those as you say it's them conversations where you're you, you, yourself and you're honest they're the conversations you need to have because you're like oh okay like yeah yeah and that's how we made such good friends I think because like I was saying before with the other people it was like right I'll put on the brave face I'll put on the happy Meg and I'll go in the kitchen and chat and be fine it's the friends you meet where you can just be yourself and say yeah I'm feeling really shit today I just need a cuddle and a cup of tea at the end of first year I'd, I'd not had a very good first year I know you guys have found each other and we're very much friends around this time bit um, I just not had a very good first year at all and I think towards the end of it I just just lost the will I feel like I was actually having a conversation with my mum about this earlier and um, when I told her that I was jumping Shout on this out to Julie hey Julie <laughs> no um, I was speaking to her about this I feel like there's just such a massive pressure when you go to university and for instance for me out of my friendship group at home I was the only one going to university that year because all the other girls I was friends with had had to retake some stuff or whatever. So I ended up being the only one going and it was like this massive thing of Abby's going to uni and my mum and dad, my brother didn't go to uni and it was just this massive pressure that I had to go to this other city and have the most amazing time. And I remember like we've spoken about it and we've had honest conversations, but I remember saying, I remember ringing my mum one weekend and saying, mum, like, I want to come home again. Like I just... I had literally two friends in halls pretty much who used to, they, they'd 
towards the end of the academic year they were going home quite often and both of them had gone home again I remember just saying to my mom oh, I want to come home I don't want to I don't want to eat here like I just don't want to stay here on my own blah blah, blah. and um, I remember my mom just saying on the phone you're not you're not just stick it out for the weekend and I, and I just remember thinking everyone wants me to just stay here and have this amazing university experience and I do remember towards the end of that final year I was just not having a great time I was having quite a bad split with my boyfriend at the time and I didn't have many friends being totally honest and I remember what the one of the only friends I did have taking me to the doctors um on campus because I was I was just in a in a weird way and um this this doctor just basically prescribed me sertraline which is big like, up sertraline I remember being started on an antidepressant and I think that I was just having a really I just wasn't having a very good time I'd I don't know I feel like basically the, the whole of first year had finally took its toll and towards yeah. the end I, I just cracked and that wasn't a great time but obviously looking back now like nearly finishing my fourth year at uni I, I would say I've probably come out with one of the best uni experiences I could have ever imagined so yeah just, isn't it? yeah I feel like my peak time at uni really started in second year in mm. that house with you girls making our yeah. memories together like first year is just kind of a bit of a blank for me because I think we all had our low points in first year all different experiences but second year that's when uni really started for me me yeah. too and I feel like the thing that I take away from first year is it, it was all part of the experience and even though for the most part I was probably a very extremely unhappy person I it's just I put it in the package of the uni experience and my second and third year living with you girls was like just everything I ever wanted uni to be and I just think first year just just comes along with that you can't pick and choose how things work out and yeah Ellie went home abs hey and you barely went home. I know. I've got my mum and dad calling me on the phone saying, when you're coming you're okay. home, we've not seen you in six months. I'm thinking, Sal, I'm busy. Like, having a good time, though. Yeah. Oh, and, like, you did something so important in first year when you were, like, I mean, it took you a while to get there, but when, you know, you went to the doctor, you were, like, actually, like, you know, maybe this I isn't mean, how I should feel all the time. And that's, like, the hardest thing to do. I mean, it probably wasn't voluntary. I mean, I do remember our friend sort of dragging me there, but yeah, like I, I don't know. Just I think I just reached that point towards the end of first year. It was it was a long year, and there were times in that year where I I genuinely was thinking this this is not for me. Like yeah, I don't want to I don't want to do this. But but it was that pressure blessing of my parents thinking if I dropped out of uni, my mum and dad like how would they ever even cope? Like it's just. Oh. So many pressures on you, isn't there? But obviously now I'm glad that it works out the way it did. So, yeah. I I sometimes forget about first year. Similar to what you were saying, Elle. Like, I think like we had such a good experience in second and third year. And we made that, like, we made a home. We made, like, a safe space. And we stayed in the same house. So it really was our home. I almost can't remember first year all that well. <laughs> considering it was only, like, what, three years ago? It seems a lifetime ago. And I think it's that thing of because, you know, I wasn't myself and I was, you know, not maybe I might not have been having to take antidepressants, but I just wasn't 
myself. Not quite just there yet, Nick. Not quite there, but I think my brain almost blanks it out. I think my brain does that thing of like, yeah, like when you're not happy or you've had like a bit of a downtime, my brain's like, right, we're not going to remember that. We're not going to allow you (laughs) to remember that. But actually, it's quite nice because talking about it now, it's refreshing to talk about it and say, you know, so happy that I had you to talk about how I was feeling. But at the same time, like, it is quite sad that, you know, we've had these, like, down times. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like Everyone, I think everyone has them. Like you say, to different degrees of severity, like, massively. Um, But everyone has something. Like, it's... it's, 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 Yeah. You know, everyone has got something that they would have been stressed about or they'd have been anxious about or they'd have been angry or sad or whatever. And yeah, there's a massive scale. But to that person, it is massive because it's happening to them. So, you know, in comparison to someone else, it might seem relatively small. But if something's happening to you, it's a big deal because you're the one experiencing it. But like what Meg was saying before, it's, it's so easy to be like, oh, my problem isn't bad enough. Like, I remember I went to the doctors on campus and um, this was when I uh, had that wonderfully failed attempt of coming off the antidepressants. Oh, the cold cold turkey. Cold turkey. SSRI withdrawal. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, 10 out of 10 not recommend get medical supervision. That's like another thing though as well, like that kind of stigma around medication, like, the first response from someone who, you know, at the time cared about you, they had been programmed to think, oh no, medication's bad. Yeah. Fine, fine, you don't need medication, we'll sort it out. Like, people think it's a bad thing when actually, like, yes, don't just go on it for no reason. But if a medical professional has said that they think it's going to help, don't, yeah. like, turn that down because yeah. someone in your life thinks that you don't need it because they're not a doctor. <laughs> There's a lot of stigma around medication now, and I definitely think it's a generational thing. I do remember it was only a few years later that I actually told my mum and dad that I'd, that I'd been put on medication. Oh, I didn't realise you'd told you them. You did not tell them. We no, had dinner. I, I didn't realise you'd actually told them that you'd been on it. Yeah, we had dinner about six months ago, actually, and we were eating dinner, and I, I brought it up which was a bit of an awkward conversation because my dad is 62 and he's he's very set in his ways and he he thinks he knows what he knows yeah, and yeah yeah god love you rob but you do and <laughs> he he just kind of has grown up in a generation where he anyone who had a problem like his mom is had like 15 children bringing up like if you had a problem in in when he was growing up just can deal with it, with it. yeah so, I do remember when I when I we had a very nice conversation over a tea one day and I said yeah like you know I, I struggled in first year actually and you know I ended up on x y and z and um they just yeah he just doesn't get it he just thinks just fucking man up kind of thing and yeah I think it's a generational thing I think there's a massive stigma around medication people think god like pull yourself together like or I know there's a massive opinion of you can go to the doctors and shed a tear and you just automatically put on like an SSRI. There is a thing, but like, I feel like if you've gone to a medical professional and and they've decided, you know, this is the way to go, you you wouldn't question it. And 
I just feel like there's a stigma about it, but I guess they're always, for somebody who doesn't believe in mental health, um, that there's always going to be a stigma around that anyway. Yeah, I think it's the thing of weakness. Like, if you know, if you're, I don't know, I viewed it as I felt weak that I was needing them. And I was told by certain people, not explicitly, but I was very much aware that taking them meant I was I was mentally weaker. And luckily I had people like you guys who didn't think that and like family and other friends who were like, no, you know, don't let anyone make you think that it's somehow like reflecting of your character or your strength or anything like that, because it's not. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a lot of people have those thoughts on it. Or if people are kind of taking them, it's it's a secret. Yeah. Yeah tell people it's like a, a little secret of like oh I'm actually taking this but I'm not gonna tell anyone about yeah I mean luckily like yeah. a lot of my friends were well, not luckily like, I'm not glad they were taking it but like <laughs> throughout like you know shout out to them but a lot of my friends when we were sort of I don't know from the ages of 13 to 16 um we were very sort of open with each other just a handful of us and so I kind of already knew. And so in my eyes, it was kind of not normal, but it wasn't as radical. And then when I was speaking to other people and I was like, oh, like, not this isn't a sort of normal thing to some people. And then I, yeah, I completely shut off and I, I wouldn't tell people about it. And I remember I didn't, like, I was told when I first went on it in like 2016, whatever, to not drink because they were like, it, you know, don't for a while it might make it worse and I was like okay and then I remember we would like go to parties and I would always just bullshit and mix me up because I was like oh my god but I can't tell like you know some of them were my closest friends and they'd be like oh why aren't you like why are you driving why aren't you drinking blah 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 and I'd be like oh and I would just say oh I'm on antibiotics or oh, I'm working tomorrow or you know I'd make me up because the thought of telling them was just outright. yeah was just an outright that's that's not gonna happen Whereas now I would, I literally wouldn't have a problem there because I think yeah. if they've got a problem with it, then you're just a bit of a Absolutely. shitty person. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to your previous self before we went to Nottingham, before you started uni, it can be academic or like to do with anything. What one piece of advice would you give yourself now? Gosh. Uh would say talk to someone I think throughout this podcast we've identified that we've been so lucky to have each other and to have each other to talk to because that's been the saving grace for all these situations it's just getting it off your chest but I am aware of how lucky we are not everyone's got such good friends that we have but just talk to someone if you haven't got good friends talk to your family if you can't talk to your family maybe a doctor and even if you don't feel like talking to a doctor there's so many charities out there that are their sole purpose is for just for you to tell them how you're feeling and I definitely think that's the, the thing I would say just to talk to someone because it really does feel like a weight off your shoulders. What about you Al? Advice to anyone or advice to me before that I really probably needed to hear was less of everyone else's experiences of uni and how great it was going to be and 
how you're going to be best friends with the people in your flat and how you're going to have this massive group of friends and go out every single night. I think I'd rather hear less of those expectations and hear more of just go, figure things out for yourself, have fun, like set your own expectations and genuinely just be yourself because you'll find people that, you know, match you know match your level and have the same sort of I don't know just the same sort of values as you and you'll meet you'll meet those people so just don't listen so much to everyone else around you mine would probably be sort of similar to her like um not to put any pressure on how the experience should be before you go and not like Elle says not to hear that by this point you should have x amount of friends and sort of just not to try and put a roadmap on how three years is going to tail out and just go see how it is for yourself um, and enjoy every moment as it is just fucking enjoy it more <laughs> like those three years fly by like you yeah. you're almost trapped in this uni bubble like oh my god I'm at uni then one year rolls into the next and then the next and then you're always I feel like with me especially I'm always looking to the next thing and trying to plan my next move and achieve this that I didn't always appreciate so much what I was what I had in in the moment so as a graduate now looking back at those three years I wish I'd you know just taken a moment to be like I'm so fucking happy right now like with these girls in this house like doing these things and yeah I just say enjoy it more we as you as we've banged on about a lot we had the best second like time at uni and made like the best friends that I don't think I would ever wish to do anything differently in case that ruined any of that yeah the only thing I would do differently is I would tell myself in first year just like I don't know have the cocktail have the stein I used to go out and be like worried that a cocktail would be too many calories so I'd have like a vodka lime and soda instead when we all knew that I would rather have a stein of fucking yes, yes. <laughs> that's the only thing I would do differently because you know when you're like for god's sake you're 20 have a cocktail yeah. who gives a shit if it's got more calories like life's too short that's the only thing I would change and on that note thank you so much girls I mean we could <laughs> chat we could chat for hours but I mean we have so um, yeah <laughs> I feel I've had well, therapy. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that they'll be hearing from you again. Because I think there's a lot that we could get into. Barely touch the surface. Oh, wait.